0: You're at your old trusty boat, you call Mighty Sparrow, I'm in the city of Mardi Gras.
1: Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we hear stories from everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Hey everybody, so with this show, uh, if you listened before a couple podcasts ago, I sat down with Phil on, uh, their boat is Falasso, and today's podcast, we're going to get a perspective from the other half, the uh, probably the better half of those two, <laughs> no offense to Phil at all, but uh, yeah, we get to sit down with Phil's wife, Mackenzie, and uh, get her take on, on the beginning, and Essentially, uh, this podcast just kept going and going and going. So, I'm going to break it up into two parts. And the first part is what we're going to listen to today. And that really gets into their adventure of, of getting on the boat and, and all things sailing. And then the second half, because uh, Mackenzie has a lot to do with sort of uh, the forest and the environment and all that sort of stuff, we just go off the rails and talk about anything and everything. And I'll I'll put that one together and hopefully get it out pretty quick. So other than that, like I always say, if you want to support the podcast, head over to Patreon and uh, just search Sailing Into Oblivion. I'll put the link in the description. And uh, big, big time appreciation to all those who've already done that. And I also wanted to just do a quick thanks to all of the uh, the guests that I've had on so far, and hopefully the future ones, because I realize that they are taking their time, which is the most precious thing we all have, and uh, they're giving it over to me, which is phenomenal. And uh, hopefully I'm turning it into something that can be inspirational, or at least, uh, I don't know, teach people something and entertain people most of all. So uh, without further ado, here we go with Mackenzie because I've already been recording. I kind of okay. do that on purpose, so we get comfortable. You don't want
0: to miss anything. And
1: obviously, this is not live or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's all, um, you know, so if we get to the end of this and you're like, I can't believe I said all that.
0: You can fix it and post.
1: I Yeah, I can either edit it out or I just won't post it at all. <laughs> it's totally up to you.
0: Well, I will do my best to make sure it's not unpostable. All right, sounds good, sounds good.
1: Well, uh, Mackenzie, I want to... Thank you again for coming on the podcast. Anytime. You are the lovely, better half of Phil, who was on the podcast a few uh, weeks back.
0: All of those statements are negotiable.
1: (laughs) How long have you guys
0: been married? Oh, man. Asking the hard questions right away.
1: This is an interview. Oh, God.
0: Um... I have no idea.
1: Well, maybe we'd listen to Phil's we, podcast. Yeah, right, right.
0: I didn't check. We are, both of us are so terrible with dates. Like, he did this thing when we first started dating where you kind of feel the girl out. Like, is she an anniversary kind of person? Am I going to get in trouble for this? Right. And he got a few months in and he says he he wrote down, like, the exact date we started dating in a notebook somewhere. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> Making notes. Right. Keep he's going. like,
0: I've got this just in case. And <laughs> after that, it was a few months and... And we just were talking, and I'm like, I don't, like, we're dating, right? And his mind was just, like, blown. He's like, uh, yeah, I wrote a date down specifically. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I don't know what date that was. I'm never going to remember it. Let's go with, like, May 25th, 525. That sounds easy to remember. And to this day, neither of us actually remember it. So
1: Wow, <laughs> you don't hear that very often. No, no. Well, I'll tell you, from the brief amount of interaction we've all had, you guys are a match made in heaven.
0: We do our best. You seem uh,
1: to balance each other
0: out pretty well. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that our, uh, our demons play nicely together. Oh, that's a good way to put it. I've never heard that before. Very cool.
1: So did you have any sailing experience before you guys hopped on this boat?
0: Yes, but minimal. Um, definitely no large boats like the, you know, the 37. Yeah. Um, I grew up around fishing boats and pontoons. I was addicted to the water, but it wasn't coastal. Um, and then when I started small inland lakes, right? Exactly. And then when we got together, Phil and I, um, that was something that he was interested in actually was sailing and I love the water. So, so why not? And I think that he, he'll say that was like his one, you know, non-frugal decision after college was buying this boat and we went out we did our thing we started learning how to sail and how to race and we just both fell in love with it and decided to make a lifestyle out of it
1: and that that was a different boat than the one you have now right
0: Yes. Yep. That was a Hobie 16.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That rings a bell now. I can remember. Mm -hmm. Phil and I talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you guys had some pretty cool adventures on that. It
0: was a blast. We were in Minnetonka, Minnesota and and in the regatta there. And, of course, we had no other Hobie cats anywhere near us in the (laughs) races. So it was kind of interesting. But, you know, just learning how to shape a sail and and what lines were where and all that kind of stuff, it was it was awesome. Oh, no, very
1: cool. Yeah. Are you like if when you hop on any boat now, are you when you look around, are you pretty much know the names of everything, all that stuff? Oh
0: God, no, no. Oh not- really? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not. I'm only asking
1: you because there's there's some people that find that to be really interesting. Others mm-hmm. find it to just be a nightmare, and then others mm-hmm. really just don't even really care all that much. They're like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's a rope or it's a wire.
0: Yeah, I think. Phil totally knows all of the names. Like you could quiz him and he he would win Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when it right, comes to right. sailing terms. He
1: probably knows more than I do. <laughs> I know the basics.
0: He's, he's got like this mind where... He stays up super late and will just read like he buys textbooks for fun and I'll go to bed and wake up in the morning and he's like an expert in this new thing that he just took an interest for. And wow, one of them okay. was sailing. Um, and I kind of have to be one of those people who like goes through it personally to to really grasp it and retain that information Learned by experience. Yeah, right. That's so I'm I'm still learning. Uh, I've definitely, you know, gone through my bases, but eh, I get better the more often I do it.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Understandable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so was it, it? Must have been like a team effort between mm-hmm. you and Phil to be like, okay, let's pull the trigger and actually go buy a boat, move mm-hmm. on board. Because you guys are you both working sort of remotely.
0: We are. Yeah. And he started that out of college. He's always been a remote worker, but that was a transition for me. Um, When we were in Minnesota, I worked for a company in person and we decided like this is too cold. <laughs> we yeah, need to right. leave.
1: That winter's long oh, up there. Gosh,
0: it really is. Like you can only go so many days without seeing the sun. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Northern Michigan. I know. What right. It's all about. I got out of there quick.
0: Good. Good. Um, yeah. So I I did this huge thing where. You know, we wanted to go do this crazy adventure, move to the coast. And that was a deciding factor. Either I'm going to push to become remote, the first remote person for the company I worked for. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to build the position that I wanted and get that approved. Or on the other hand, like we had already made this decision. So if they didn't approve it, if they weren't going for it, then I just had to start fresh.
1: Wow. Well, that's mm-hmm. like the... the proactive attitude rather than just try and figure out a different job that you can have. You sort of Mm -hmm. morphed your own job and that worked. Yeah,
0: for a time, definitely. Um, I was running... Uh, customer service for this company and doing um, digital marketing as well. It was a smaller company, so you know you wear multiple hats. But um, they didn't have any remote workers at the time, and we were going into COVID, and that was starting to be more of a thing. So I saw an opportunity and had made that decision that no matter what, we're leaving, so either I'm going to build this position and take it with me, or I say bye. Um, And once that decision was made, it was just kind of a, which way am I doing it?
1: Yeah, yeah okay gotcha Mm -hmm. gotcha and it's working out i mean how long has it been now that you guys have both been remote working
0: um i would say since two years yeah yeah it's been since the beginning of the pandemic the the years blend together i don't know anymore no i
1: know i know it's (laughs) it's like a big chunk right you don't even think of it as a year you think (laughs) of it as as the pandemic it's like (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> eh, well, that's cool. Because, yeah, I mean, when, when I came over uh, earlier, it's just, I don't know, it's it's kind of neat when you hop on or knock on somebody's boat and they're like, I'm working right now, but I'll be <laughs> done at four. <laughs> It's sort of like, right? oh, that's so cool. Okay, yeah. so you can actually do it. Yeah,
0: and I, gosh, I am so lucky with what I'm doing right now. I so this that company that you know I kind of created the position for it was very much still a nine to five, but now doing what I'm doing, I'm full time um, digital marketing, and it's just about getting your stuff done when it needs to get done. But I set my schedule. I work the hours that I need to. I can. Literally, when I was in the interview process, I told my boss... I'm moving on to a boat soon, and this is going to be the lifestyle that I'm leading, so you're forewarned. Like, I don't want you to be surprised about anything. And she was super cool about it, and she just said, great, you know, if we have something due one month and and you guys are going to be cruising, you're going to be MIA for three weeks, just, like, get it done beforehand and preload your work so that, you know, everything's done on time and then then go off. So Uh, that's what I've been doing.
1: Nice. Yeah. Well, you definitely have to have some serious discipline for that, though. Yes, (laughs)
0: Yes <laughs> and forethought <laughs>
1: yeah yeah really oh man I I'm starting to sort of see that with this podcast too because I just found out that you can you can record a couple of podcasts and mm-hmm. then publish them but set the actual publish date for you know two yeah. weeks out because I kind of wanted you know this next trip will be at least probably ten to twelve days okay. and I, I always I want to get at least minimum of one of these out every week um, mm-hmm. and I, I I hate to have like a gap in any of those. Right, so, right. I don't know. It's kind of cool. And you know, in the future, if if I feel like doing, I can't. I was thinking about this other trip last night. It's looking at the world chart again. Always gets me in trouble. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God like forbid
0: a you start looking on like Google Earth. Four, or five
1: month, <laughs> or yeah. Well, that's essentially that's I have uh-huh. p- the paper Google Earth over there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I was like, man, but if I take off, then the podcast's gotta sort of go on hold again. Mm-hmm. But now knowing that if I can bank up twenty different podcasts or something like yeah. that, I can publish them all, set them do 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 for so I could like do 20 weeks. Right. And it's you're a just lot free. of interviews though. So yep. yeah. We'll sort of we'll sort of have to see. hmm It um, will take some work. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I guess with, with this podcast, I guess I was thinking I, I had the feeling that we would probably just start going back and forth uh, with all <laughs> sorts of stuff. I figured it'd be like talking with Phil where it's just super easy. <laughs> but I know there's there's two main things that I, I want to stick around. One right. is is the experience so far on the boat and all mm-hmm. that stuff and okay. how how that's going. But then the other one so it's gonna be like water
0: mm-hmm. and fire. Oh boy
1: because that last time and oh by the way, we were gonna try and do a bonfire tonight. Uh, okay there's a meteor shower it's the uh <gasps> leonids or something like that leons okay. i can't remember what it's name. I, I used to do i used to in the caribbean i used to do stargazing lectures You'd take like 30 people out on this big boat that sounds go amazing in the middle of sound no no lights and i had a laser pointer so you could point them all out so i learned learn all that now I can't even remember the name of the oh, meteor no. shower we're in. Uh, God, it's been so
0: long. We would love that. Phil and I are all all about space and stars. He actually proposed during uh, the solar eclipse a few years back. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And, and we did a whole theme with the wedding, kind of like celestial vibes. Um, and I actually have a, a tattoo of the um, the solar eclipse phases that I got oh. as a surprise for him. I was, I was wearing, like, full sleeves through mid-June and August. And I like, try yeah, and I hide thought it. that was weird. Yeah, but then the day of him, I'm just like, hey, look at this. Was like, yeah. So he
1: proposed, like, the... At the exact moment the eclipse was happening,
0: yes, we have pictures for it. We drove out to Kansas City where you were like in the line of totality. Yeah, and we got um, a hotel room for a couple nights with some friends, and just went out and we were chasing it in like the backwoods of Kansas where we were literally like watching this live view of where the line was and when it was coming, and we would be on a gravel road and be like turn left and you would swerve and all this stuff to try and get in like the perfect place, and and then we posted up and. Waited and right as you know everything went black he he turns and gets on one knee and and then i said no five times which he'll tell everybody uh, <laughs> and then hit him and said yes eventually and oh
1: there you go i probably would have been like well wait till the eclipse is over not right. now we're missing it
0: <laughs> yeah oh my gosh it was wild like he had, had all this stuff planned out and that's
1: pretty I was cool though. And yeah that's, you know that's not an easy one to do you really no. got a plot and plan to make yeah. that happen
0: it's, it's, oh my gosh if you knew my family um my mom is a big person of like unless you're married you don't get to do certain things with the family so like boyfriends girlfriends that doesn't count and one of those things is christmas stockings Oh. Yeah, Phil had oh, been Phil
1: doesn't give Christmas He had been
0: coming to Christmas f- at my family's place for like 3 years at this point and he had already bought the ring and decided when he was proposing. It's just like you, you can't rush an eclipse, you know? Like it's yeah, kind of yeah. on the calendar. And Christmas oh, came He's around. So he had
1: this like deadline.
0: Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and he just had to wait. And <laughs> And my mom, she was like, so putting the pressure on and this Christmas just like really rub it in. She specifically laid all of the stockings out and they're all named, you know, my name, my sister's name, her husband, everybody. And Phil doesn't get one. And he's just sitting over there stewing, like I have the ring in my pocket. And <laughs> and finally, after everyone's done opening their stockings, my mom brings out a Walmart plastic grocery shopping bag, and like ceremonially <laughs> hands fill his stocking. Things like, you don't get a stocking because you're not a husband yet.
1: So- it's like an incentive. <laughs> oh like yeah, you're dangling the carrot. <laughs> All you gotta do is right. put a ring on
0: her finger. Exactly.
1: I'm surprised she didn't have the stocking, you know, in some sort of glass thing right, somewhere. It's, it's like break like, glass web. see it, see it. It's there. I can throw it away. Oh. oh my gosh. Well, I could definitely. I mean, like I said, the two of you definitely seem to make a, a, a very, very happy, uh, not only couple, but when you're when you're on. A small boat, mm-hmm. even though yours is obviously far roomier uh, <laughs> than most thirty-seven footers.
0: Those cabin tops.
1: It can be kind of hard to yeah. coexist in in that really small area. Mm-hmm. Um, how, have how have you found that so far? Because you've been on there for a year, right?
0: Just just a little over a year. A yeah, a year. we've been on the water for almost a year, and before that, we were on the hard. Which you want to play hard mode. You live in a sailboat for the first time ever on the hard for yeah. I think it was six to seven months
1: oh wow okay because yeah. you guys had it you had it just just so the listeners because I you know maybe they listened to his <laughs> his podcast uh, but you guys bought it and it was in the backyard yep of the previous owners mm-hmm. on the water so it was in the water yep. and you were there loading stuff up doing all that for a couple of months and mm-hmm. then went straight to the boatyard and hauled out
0: right. Yep, exactly right. And we, we did a number of things. We had to service the seacocks. We painted all everything, all of the hulls. We have yet to do the, um, the the decks. Yeah. But, um, we did a lot of work on the hard and then eventually it just got too hot. Like the summer heat came and none of our epoxy would cure, right? None of the paint would cure, right? So we had to kind of take a break, but we couldn't put it back in the water yet because it wasn't done.
1: And that was up in Virginia?
0: uh bellhaven north carolina oh north yep. Carolina. okay yep um so we were we were baking on the gravel uh, in the hottest part of the summer just waiting for like the temperatures to drop so that we could actually finish all of our stuff
1: yeah right
0: it was <sighs> and it's dusty uh, and yeah yep
1: did they have at least like f- facilities and stuff that you could use that were pretty oh, nice? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can shamelessly plug any marinas. Oh, right absolutely.
1: Now, but. Well, honestly, those, those type, the type of marinas where mm-hmm. you have a boat yard as well, where you can mm-hmm. haul a boat out and still live on it. Yeah. Are few and far between. They and are. they are, you hear about one, it's like finding gold because mm-hmm. it's, it really is something special. They're disappearing. Yeah. A lot of them, I think, disappear just because the legality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know up in Maine, I don't think they really let people do it. I get okay. to do it cuz I work for them. Right. So it's kind of like I'm a, a kept person. They know, I'm <laughs> they've got my boat, they know they've got me, so it, yep. it works both ways, but I know they had problems in the past and stuff, mm-hmm.
0: so Okay. Yeah, well yeah, we were me, which uh, marina is it? We were at TJ's Marina and Boatyard. Um, and they are they're incredible people they're off the Pungo River off the ICW um, just north of Oriental oh, and okay. and like half the price that you're going to pay in Oriental and they are DIY friendly they know everybody in the town they know everybody out of town if you need a part if you need service they know who to go to or they can help you do your own
2: Okay. Um,
0: so right now they have their boatyard done it has facilities they have rental apartments like Airbnb style yeah. if you need to leave your boat for a certain period of time or if you have guests coming and they're currently working on a marina portion as well where they're going to have you know e- everything that a ni- nice marina would have.
1: Yeah, dock slips and
0: yep, yep.
1: Bathrooms, showers, Hangout right, places. Exactly, that, yeah. yeah, and and they a have bar. all of that
0: for the boatyard right now. They're just having even more, um, and that's done by TJ and Mr. Toby, the TJs. Um, they're a father-son pair, and oh, they're really? just amazing. Yeah, you'll see them all around the yard. They're they're super awesome, super helpful. Um, everyone there is just great.
1: Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. I'm always, you know, always have a an ear open for that, because okay. you never know where you might end up getting stranded
0: right on this East coast.
1: And yeah, you, you get in the wrong spot and you can Mm -hmm. find that you're either at anchor or you're paying $1,500 a month. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Oh yeah. And they're, they'll help you with anything. Even if you get you know stranded somewhere or you need to be towed in CTO is in the area. Um, or sorry, no, not CTO. Um, towboat US. That's okay, what it yeah. is. But depending on <laughs> the rumors that you listen to, um, not everybody likes to use towboat US in that area. And if you call TJ up, um, they they can come get you. They'll like they'll right they'll out. help you with anything.
1: It's kinda how it is here. I know if if any of us ever had a trouble, they'd they'd send Aaron out
0: mm-hmm.
1: in that little in probably in the pump out boat or something, <laughs> but still, you know. Hey. Yep.
0: Yeah, exactly at least you've got someone there to help.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So you guys were there for seven months Mm -hmm. and then what time of year was it when you started making your way down?
0: Oh, we were late. It was cold. It was really cold. Yeah. It was the day before Thanksgiving and we left. Um, we, we got in the water and we were just so ready to go. The boat wasn't Soup. Like We needed a few more hours, but we were just ready to go. And, and it was the end of the day. Tomorrow was Thanksgiving, and we just went to the town docks. We're like, we need to leave. We need to rip that Band-Aid off. So we went to the town docks and finished everything up there, the few hours that we needed, and headed out. Our, our first day on the water was Thanksgiving Day.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's the first... It's not the first time you guys have moved the boat.
0: It was the first time we had left the Pungo.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So the play okay, gotcha, gotcha. Pretty yeah. nerve wracking, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. In like the best way. You know, we woke up and it was so late that we we shook the frost off of all of our canvas outside. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. It was so cold. It was so cold. And we we were just like ready to go. We bundled up in like every layer we had, looking like the Michelin man out on deck. Damn and that. and we just started off. Um and we had this like super on the water thanksgiving day meal where you made like instant potatoes and all this right, stuff right, and, yeah. and we just we just basked in the glory that was leaving and getting out on the water it is there's uh <laughs> you know there
1: there's always that nervousness and anticipation i mm-hmm. i still remember the first time we took this boat out just for a little half an hour you know just a motor, and put the mainsail up, and take it down, and then go back to the dock. Um, and yeah, it's like nerve wracking. It's, nerve-wracking. it's mm-hmm. sort of scary, but then once you're out and you're moving, you're sort of looking around, and you're like, it's it's really happening. <laughs> it's really
0: happening. Oh yeah, nothing can touch you at that moment. Like no. everything's amazing. <laughs> Even the most mundane, messiest jobs. You're like, this is so cool, man. Yeah, you're like, we're agents as us. Oh <laughs> man.
1: And w- were you guys marina hopping on your way down, or was it just go and, mm-hmm. and anchor somewhere?
0: We We wish we could have anchored, but just because of how cold it was, we only had electric heat for the most part on the boat so right. we had to be plugged in somewhere we had like oh, what are they called like big buddies this little propane heater oh
1: yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I had
0: and those that's fine out on anchor but you don't want to fall asleep during it and because of how cold it got at night we really needed to plug in yeah so we were kind of limping along until we got to actually i want to say really close to here um where the weather started to warm up more that we could anchor out at night more reliably
1: yeah how long? How many? Do you remember how how many days it was to get down from there to here?
0: A long while. I think we had a. <laughs> it seems a like forever.
1: Long, long <laughs> time. That whole time, though, I will remind you, I was across the Atlantic and then ended up coming back here. Oh man! Because I left on that last trip. Uh, I want to say October. October 18th, and I got back December 31st. Okay. So the whole time you were freezing, I'm sweating (laughs) it out over by the equator, 500 miles off of Africa. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you why. That place is the extreme when it comes to me. You're talking, you're just lying here on the bunk. Down mm-hmm. below, and you're just sweating, and I'm draping myself in, in, <laughs> in uh, bandanas that I'm wetting down, letting oh, the evaporation, and I'm sunburnt. Oof! And oh god, there's sometimes where it's like it's, you just feel like you're going to melt. <laughs> well, I'm not very susceptible to heat stroke for some okay. reason, so I don't really worry about that too much, but. Mm-hmm. I could see how that could become a problem out there when it's, you know, and it'll be say like 90 up on deck and you come down here and it's 98 (laughs) (laughs) and then you have to run the engine or something like that. Mm.
0: That is one thing with the design of our boat, the CSY 37s, everything opens. It's, it's a, has been amazing and i'm super excited to experience the hot weather um but i have a feeling that'll be a bit of a sore subject between me and phil we agree about a lot but the temperature is never one of those (laughs) things
1: (laughs) do you guys have ac on there
0: we used to. Um, it was a system that was in place the first couple years that boat was made. So it just got a little bit older. And when we got on board, there were moving pains of having people on the boat full time. And that hadn't happened in a while. Mm. So we were exercising all of these systems and some of them just kind of, you know, they stopped on us. So instead of going through all the issues of trying to repair an outdated system, we just ripped it out. And now we have storage space and portholes.
1: there you go hey well i tell you and i I think i mentioned to phil when you have those big square portholes or Mm -hmm. the the hat deck hatches yeah box fan wow right i mean when i turn the one on right now if i crank that all the way up and there's no screens Mm -hmm. it's it's a really solid breeze in here all the time it's fantastic Yeah, and box fans don't take much electricity
0: no no they don't and when we were um when we were at TJ's, we put in a window air conditioning unit on one of those hatches. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I did that once in the so Caribbean. So that worked
0: great. You know, as long as we're docked somewhere, we can absolutely do that. Otherwise, we'll probably need to figure out a generator or something, if that's the case.
1: Right, right. Well, and you guys have, as far as your refrigeration, did you have that? It's like, uh, what what exactly is it that you guys have?
0: It's an ice co. Um, it's, it's a 12-volt portable cooler basically, and it can be from zero degrees up to what whatever you want it to, um, but it only has the one section, so we can either have a freezer or a fridge, but not both at the same time.
1: Okay, okay, but it, it's like sort of melded right into your galley so i thought it was just a regular fridge yeah
0: filled it amazing it 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 wasn't part of it we originally had two ice boxes and those were part of the same system as the air conditioning um so they were also torn out with that and now they're just your standard you know non-electricity ice boxes Mm -hmm. um but we ripped one of them out and dropped into the counter this this cooler um that's a top load cooler and phil did such an awesome job just like carving out the ice box and getting everything and, and he glassed it in and he refoamed it and now it's just like a perfect glass slipper fit yeah
1: right no i t- <laughs> I, I thought it was I, I was like oh there's your fridge and then i sort of look at it i'm like oh that's one of those plug-in coolers oh that's
0: yeah. sweet yeah it's been amazing and, and it switches between the solar or shore power Um, really easily and, and everything stays cold in there and it, it's been great. Gotta love it. Right. It's a (laughs) lot easier
1: than the old school ice boxes. Yeah. I was really glad this one doesn't go that old school. (laughs) Although if you throw like a block of ice in, in this one, it'll, Mm -hmm. it'll drop the temperature down. Okay. Like 10, 15 degrees and stuff that would never freeze all of a sudden starts freezing in there. So I always, before I do a passage, I'll go and like freeze know like three gallon jugs of water okay and they get all bloated up and all that sort of stuff but you throw them in there they'll last for over a week and they're so nice so okay nice nice for the cocktails and all sort of stuff out there
0: one of the uh, the tricks of the trade that we learned from one of the people in, in the boatyard, his name was Randy, and he'd done a circumnavigation and done tons of cruising, and he had a very similar unit where it could be either a fridge or a freezer, and he would convert it to a freezer when he was out, and then freeze ice to put in a cooler or an ice box and use that as like the fridge.
1: Uh, so it was like okay, this yeah. constant
0: rotation of freeze ice, put it in the fridge, and that worked really well for him. So I think that's what we're going to try.
1: Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah. I, there was one little summer, I think I was up in Maine, and so my little refrigerator unit uses a keel cooler. So Ooh, to what is that? Basically, what that means, instead of going through, I don't know exactly, so you have the free on or whatever, mm-hmm. but to actually cool it back off, and I'm, I'm probably completely wrong on this, but <laughs> in any event, the cooling mechanism is it's forcing the liquid down and it goes through the hull into a metal plate okay. that it sort of weaves its way through mm-hmm. because that's submersed in the water. It yeah. cools it down and sends it back. And oh, okay. they, uh, you know, you'll see that on like lobster boats or fishing boats. Yeah. sometimes. It's
0: like the boat ther- or boat version of geothermal.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Sweet. A, a sort of a heat sink to be able to, you know, they'll, they'll use it for their engines. Okay. So the coolant actually goes Instead of having a radiator or all that sort of stuff, it's just pumping it right through out the hull in through a pipe and then that's just submersed in the cold, cold water. But there you go. In any event, the the point of that is (laughs) I'm hauled out and if I just turn the fridge on full blast, well, it heats up really hot. And so you're gonna (laughs) I'm sure it wouldn't be good for any of the adhesives and the sealants and all that, or even just the fiberglass to heat it up that much. um, sort of on off. Uh, so I got a little ice maker. Okay. And it was cool for the first like week, but <laughs> then I realized to be able to really produce enough ice, this just has this little tiny basket mm-hmm. fill up in like an hour or two, and then you dump it in. That's like waking up in the middle of the night, like oh, better dump the ice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to keep like ham and cheese cold, and because oh, oh, you yeah. don't
0: have enough to worry about.
1: Well, yeah, it's just
0: like, golly,
1: can I forget this. And I ended up just getting a mini fridge and putting it, okay. you know, sort of over there. But I, this year, because I'd rather use the actual fridge because mm-hmm. uh, it's just bigger and stuff, yeah. I think I'm gonna try. I don't know how it'll work, but to put like a some sort of water container so mm-hmm. that I can submerge just that area where the keel cooler is.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I don't know. It's It might be just a pipe dream, but...
0: You're going to have to send me some pictures of whatever you come up I with. I know. The, the hardest part
1: would be <laughs> adhering sort of the plastic edges yeah. to the hull and then keeping a gap open so I can add more water as it evaporates.
0: I don't know. Eh, you know... It sounds like a project, yeah. But right. I'm excited to see what happens.
1: <laughs> uh. Uh, well, I thought about just unscrewing it and then just dropping it into a big bucket of water. Okay. Because uh, it is just a metal plate, but you know it doesn't leak, and if it's mm-hmm. not broken, mm, right. Last thing I need to do is is try and disconnect it, and then it you know fizzles out, and then I have to replace yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only problem these these refrigeration systems. Even this one, which is probably the bottom of the barrel, is mm-hmm. I don't know how much. Fifteen hundred bucks to replace.
0: Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Well ours, okay, so Ice Co. Um, we got ours on Amazon and it's similar to whatever that big brand that I can never remember the name of. The Yeti? No, it's it's like a cruiser specific fridge oh. company.
1: Oh, frigo boat. Yes, That's yeah, what I that have.
0: one. Yeah, okay. Frigo. <laughs> this is this is basically like the off-brand version, mm. um, and we got ours. I think it was like five hundred dollars. Okay. So it's not it's bad. Reasonable. Yeah. 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 And especially like it's a smaller company, but you can get it through Amazon. And we bought the first one, and it crapped out on us. So we just like reached out to them. They sent us a second one, um, and they were super super helpful. Where they. The, the ones that we need a replacement for was out of stock at that time. And they like looked everywhere on their showroom floor and found one that just had damaged packaging and was able to like send it to us <laughs> And with our luck. They apparently didn't an- enter it, anything in the system. So they sent us this one off the floor and like the replacement was still in their system. So what do you know? A few months later, we just have another fridge.
1: The second up. one yeah. shows up. <laughs> eBay, anyone?
0: Right, right. All yeah, right. <laughs> So now there's another boat floating out there. With oh wow. An equally nice fridge.
1: Looks <laughs> pretty good. So it sounds like you guys have been doing quite a few projects, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much from the get go. Um, would you say what what sort of condition would you say honestly the boat was in when you guys first mm-hmm. moved on to it?
0: We were so lucky. Um, I, I cannot say that enough. It was an amazing condition. The only reason that we're doing as much as we are is because it wasn't set up to be a full time live aboard. And there are just different systems that you need when you're looking at that aspect of things. And that's that's really what we've been focusing on. Um, we had this amazing couple that had had this boat. They were only the second owners ever of this boat built in 78. And the original person who you know had the boat built, he got it and then passed away four years after he bought it. And they had owned it ever since. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they both worked for um, a school system and used it primarily as like a summer cruiser for them and their children and just babied it. So we have so few hours on our engine and so few, you know, hours on the sails even, and everything is in perfect condition. The, um, the previous owner, the husband, he was a fabulous woodworker. So all of the teak has been kept up with all of, you know, really everything. And he's made customizations to the boat that have been awesome for us.
1: Um, no, it just sounds like you're bragging <laughs> at this point. <laughs> like, I'm thinking back to when I got Mighty Sparrow and... You know, first time I take it out there's water leaking in everywhere no. and this, that, and the other thing don't fit.
0: Oh man. I mean we definitely no, good we for did you. have good our have growing pains. There there was you know, a leak from everywhere for like the first three months. You just have to find out where that pinhole prick is. Um, But our horror story actually came from the boat that we put an offer in before we found the one that we're on. It was an Endeavor 37, and um, we thought that it was beautiful and everything looked great. And we actually stayed on it with our dog the night before the uh, sea trial. Mm Mm-hmm and and we were in love this was our boat and the sea trial came that you know everything else came and this guy steps on the boat who's doing the survey and it's on the heart at that moment and he goes up on deck and just kind of does this jump thing
1: (laughs) oh (laughs) right and you can
0: look at his face it just it just turns into a frown and he sighs like well let's start inside (laughs)
1: What well, Phil was talking about that with the uh, uh the decks are just pure fiberglass and yeah there's no core or anything to mm-hmm. make them like really rigid they're strong yeah because it's fiberglass and it's strong but it's yeah yeah anybody when I first stepped on it I remember being like, whoa. Soft.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a flex. Yeah, it feels a bit different. Um, and we we started looking at that and for that style after getting this other boat that we fell in love with and and this was going to be our home. And as it turned out, everything was rotten. Like everything that you could not see on the outside was like chocolate cake.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so after that, we just, we kind of lost our hope in older boats but knew that that was still what we were looking for. So we found the CSY that pretty much everything is solid fiberglass and right then and there we're just like well can't have a rotten fiberglass core
1: (laughs) (laughs) wow don't don't say that Uh,
0: knock on wood
1: rotten fiberglass
0: (laughs) knock on fiberglass (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: well it's interesting because yeah i mean they in the in the 60s and 70s they were building these boats you know fiberglass was pretty much a new thing but they were They were overbuilding them. Oh, so much! So they were putting, if they put a core in, like wood, it was it was really thick and all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And then it was, you know, as as they started speeding boats up and trying to make them go faster, Mm -hmm. and the cores got thicker Mm -hmm. with like foam and you know using lighter woods and all that sort of stuff. So you have this sort of transition from these overbuilt burly never-say-die mm. boats to this, <laughs> you know, as time passes, you think the technology gets better, but then they focus on the wrong thing. And now, I mean, most right. boats that are early 80s, if they're not taken care of, you can hop on board and say,
0: squish, squish, Oh, squish. absolutely. Yeah, and and our boat was very much like before they knew the strength of fiberglass. They were just laying it up like you oh, would. Yeah. Um, and West
1: Sail 32 company. I don't yeah. know what they were thinking. <laughs> No, I do know. They were like we're building this for the 100-year oh, storm. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, our boat is going nowhere fast, but she will get there no matter what. Um and I think in like the thickest part of the hull we have an inch and a half plus solid fiberglass. Jeez.
1: So that that it's would probably be yeah, like the boat. stem of the boat. So or not yeah, the stem, so where the bow mm-hmm. sort of comes together yes. underneath your bowsprit coming down cuz I know if you knock on this boat from that like it's just like bunk, bunk, bunk. <laughs> Just eats the sound. <laughs> it's crazy. Yep. But that's that's nice. It's good assurity, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah.
0: And and with CSY, they, I mean, they went out of business because they overbuilt it and over promised. And it took a really long time to build these boats that were just beasts. And by the time they were getting them out to the people who had ordered them, they were worth more than what they sold them for originally, Yep. Um, which is, is great for us because um, it's like solid fiberglass. We've got solid lead keel and even our rudder stock like is is bronze. It's got a skeleton of beefy bronze that's just laid up with fiberglass and nothing else.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. and you have a super sick sextant
0: <laughs> you have to teach me how to use that
1: uh well it's it's hard because <laughs> we don't have any horizon around here oh. I'll, I'll tell you what i can do is uh the book that i use uh it's not within arm's reach but i will photocopy the few pages Sweet. that you need out of that and okay. then we could sort of go over it it's it, this book makes it very easy to at least functionally use it to okay. get your latitude, and it gives you sort of an easier way to do longitude. Okay. Um, and it, it's one of those things where you'll either do that enough and be like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's nice to know. Or you'll be like, okay, now it's time to learn about the planets and this mm-hmm. and that, and you'll go from there. Uh, but it's a great way to start, and it's it was – Of the, I don't know, three or four books that I've used, uh, that one definitely kills it. It made it it was the only one where I actually was able to perform what it was telling me (laughs) and understand it. And within, I don't know, probably doing 20 or 30 different noon sites, I was able to get my position down and not have to look back into the book. I could just go Mm -hmm. to a blank sheet of paper and be like, all right, I need this, I need this, 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 this and then write in a few things from the almanac, and then take the sexton up and go for it.
0: Okay, sweet. Which is
1: cool. I wouldn't be able to do that right now. I'd have to go back to the book because it's been a while. But I was thinking on this next trip of just doing – Celestial navigation. To that'd get be up awesome. There. Yeah, see yeah. if I can find my way up there.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you know a big thing for us, especially both Phil and I, working digitally. Like we are glued to the computer all the time, and that's a big part of sailing for us. Is like we just want to be able to disconnect, get
1: away from. Yeah. It. yeah. So
0: if we can navigate by the stars, like oh, that'd be awesome. Keep talking. I'm talking. (laughs) But no, that was, um, I think Phil probably is more so in that school of thought, but like sailors of old, you know, tradition, all that kind of stuff, we really want to explore that just to experience it, even if it's not something that we adopt regularly. We kind of want to get more in tune with just nature and like feeling like you are doing something that's part of that like... What would you call like that just that human base, you know?
1: Well, and I I, I couldn't agree more as far as you have to it, it helps to immerse yourself into the environment that you're in. Yeah. So one with with celestial navigation, I mean, you're having to track the 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 movement of our planet, how or well in reverse, you're tracking sort of the so-called movement of the sun in the sky. Mm-hmm. You're you're having to pay attention much more of what's going on, and you're also aware of, uh, you know, time and stuff, I guess, because you because navigation requires timing. Because mm-hmm. normally I would say, oh, you don't even need a watch, <laughs> ah. but in this case, you sort of will. I don't know. It's definitely a way I see it. Also with when I have to catch rainwater out at sea, because uh-huh. that's pretty much I have an emergency pump, but that's it. Okay, uh, which is like super pain. So <laughs> that that makes it it a rainy day transforms from like oh man it's raining right. to oh, oh raining. You get
0: excited. Here we go
1: back in action, and then you have this. I have all these videos. I, I was making a few uh, YouTube clips because I came across this file that had videos from before i did the big big trip so like okay. 2016 or 17 and they were all from a training i did a month lap in the atlantic from the caribbean back to the caribbean okay and i had terrible camera work i don't even know what kind <laughs> of camera i was taking on i look so young i've aged so much in the last if few i remember years.
0: right you had a beard
1: uh in the, in these videos uh barely Barely. Yeah, okay. I mean this this Free was beard. this was like six <laughs> years ago now. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, the other videos, the beard. Yeah, those are my big <laughs> trips. I mean, you got nine months of growth. That's a lot. I loved having that beard, but I, you know, it's out, out at sea. It's great, but then you get you get on land, and I can carry it for a little while, but mm-hmm. I start feeling like Father Time. <laughs> Walking around. And it just there when you do shave you a beard salty. like that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but I don't know. It's not saying and it's funny, when I used to do the presentations, they mm. I would walk into a room and, and the people who had booked it or whatever they'd be yeah. like You don't look like your picture at all. <laughs> you look a lot younger. I'm like, yeah, it's the beard, you know. Yep. Cut it a while ago.
0: Rejoined society. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> uh well, so just real quick this yep is the uh, the one day celestial navigation that's the cool. book that I use um, I don't know if it, it must have an author in there right
0: uh let's see otis s Brown
1: boom all right so that's my little shout out to Otis and Hi, then otis. all you need as a tandem with that book is the current year Almanac this is from last year um, okay. nautical Almanac you can get the almanac on on Amazon, or you can get it at Blue Water Books and Charts, that sort of thing.
0: Sweet. Okay. And those are
1: the only two things you need besides a sextant and a clock.
0: And I'll just know exactly where I am all the time.
1: As long as right you away. have an empty horizon <laughs> around you, good to go.
0: Perfect. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Yeah,
1: it is. It's really cool. It's, yeah. it, and it's not too complicated. And I think by the time you've done your hundredth site, you're pretty much got it on lockdown.
0: You make that sound easy. Well, that means, yeah,
1: you have to be in a position to do it at least 100 times. So you got to think that's 100 days. You're never going to get 100 sunny days, too. There were a lot of times uh, in the Southern Ocean, I'd go weeks without seeing the sun. Really? Yeah, and so you're – I obviously had uh, GPS on the AIS and stuff, so I could still get my position. Okay. But, you know, thinking back to the old days –
0: how would they
1: know yeah they well you just do dead reckoning so you knew your last position where you took a fix and mm-hmm. you sort of you know which way you're going and you just sort of keep averaging out you know how many miles you think you're making and that's where like the whole the ship's log and all that right. like trying to figure out how fast you were going mm-hmm. this boat doesn't have any of that sort of fancy stuff so if okay. if the gps and the ais sort of stopped working Mm -hmm. then, and I had to go solely on this. I could probably estimate my speed, but I have no, I don't have a speedometer. I don't have a wind speed thing, any of that stuff. Keep it super basic.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's Our boat is crazy basic right now. And we look at it as a good thing where we have a blank slate and we can pick what systems we want versus you know, switching out old ones that either don't work right or that we don't use. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're in that stage right now where we're starting to learn what it is that we want. You know, what kind of sailors are we and getting to pick everything out from there.
1: Nice. Well, it, it, it's an interesting thing, but it can also be a bit of a trap because mm-hmm. you see a lot of people who have every intention of going out, but then all of a sudden it seems like... They start coming up with more like, ooh, you know what, we should really get mm-hmm. a backup radar system. Yeah. And then we'll go. And then <laughs> they do that and it's like, you know though, I'm bad, you know, maybe two AISs would be good. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, I mean, they're the aft part of the boat's looking like a a radio tower. Right, and, right. And it's it's one of those things where you hate to see it, but you can never the only way to perfectly make sure you have everything back up on your boat is to tow the exact same boat behind you, which right. no one's ever going to do. No, no. And best thing. You
0: oh. never know what you need until you actually get out there.
1: Right. And you, there's oh, not, I mean, there are a lot of advantages to having say, uh, a, like a working, uh, wind vane. So something mm-hmm. that's just telling you what the wind speed is and the direction and like true wind, apparent wind, whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's just, it's a cost. Mm-hmm. And once you spend enough time out there, you know what the wind speed is because you're just out there and you feel it and all right. that, and you you don't really need to be told. I don't know. I've I've seen people forego feeling what the boat's trying to tell you mm-hmm. and looking at a number on a digital screen. And right. I, you know, I'm not judging anybody by. It. I'm just saying that the way I do it is sort of the opposite, but. I've seen people look at it and be like, nah, we can keep that sail up because it's only blown blah, blah, blah. And the boat is obviously overpowered and like, oh, why? (laughs) You know, that sort of thing. So I don't know. And I think that goes back to what you're talking about where you get really in tune with the boat when you disconnect yourself from... All these electronical devices that have been created to so-called make it, you know, more comfortable, safer, easier thing. Right. When in all actuality, I don't think that's always the best. I mean, now, granted, I'm a person who goes out and sits out there for a long time and pretty uncomfortable places. But I don't know. There's something I find very rewarding about it, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Have a feeling you guys are going to, too. Who, out of you and Phil, who's more techie?
0: Oh Phil. Easily. All right. So yeah. you gotta
1: rain, you got leash that dog. You gotta well, rein you know. him in. Next time he's over <laughs> a West Marine <laughs> and he's got multiple packages to say Garmin on the him. The
0: crazy thing is like he he's always been in tech, he's always been in software. Um, and he's actually been in like IT security. And because he has seen the back end of that, he wants nothing to do oh. with computers. Like he sees how unreliable they are and how unsecure they are. And because of that, like any opportunity that he has to like not have anything, he does it. Because he he just he doesn't want that headache where he's like, I know what it takes to make something secure or I know that it's impossible to make this secure or reliable. So why, why try? Why right, start?
1: Right. Smart. Okay. Yeah. Good, good. Good luck with that. <laughs> I, yeah, it's just, just, just keep an eye, you know, don't tell them oh, that yeah. we talked about this. Don't <laughs> let him listen to the podcast and then we can just
0: whoop, fly just skip right this by. portion. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what did you guys use for navigating the intercoastal to get down here?
0: We, um, so we, because the boat didn't have a ton of systems, we didn't have the opportunity to have those starter things like you know the the official navigation stuff, um, and we kind of had to start cheap and start now. That's what we wanted to do. We didn't want to wait in that boatyard, mm-hmm. so we got what we could do right now. We have two tablets that have Navionics on it. Perfect. Yeah, and, and one, they're both always charged, um, and one we keep away. If we're in foul weather, we have it in <laughs> the oven, which we use as a Faraday cage. Uh, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, I've heard that <laughs> as well.
1: I've heard that as well. If your boat gets struck by lightning, <laughs> the safest place for electronics right in the oven. Is we'll the let oven. you
0: know. Um, Not turned on. <laughs> but we, uh, we have those two just you know redundant systems and then we've got our cell phones as well that both have the navionics app and then just in case something terrible goes wrong we have an actual faraday cage that has this like ancient gps system that mm-hmm. uh phil's dad gave him that he had from his you know years and years ago uh and that is a. Uh, an ancient piece of technology but it's like a nokia phone like nothing can break that so we have that as a backup to our backups backup (laughs)
1: oh you should get see if you can go on ebay and find an old loran system you know the the pre-gps sort of stuff (laughs) then you're really it was funny it reminds me of the story um a guy ryan hanger who was uh uh captain down in the bvi amongst Mm -hmm. other places amazing captain like an ocean master certified guy super cool too um he's a little younger than i am but um he said when he was going for i think he had to do some celestial navigation courses to get the ocean master and the guy he was taking it from i he said something i'm probably just murdering this but basically (laughs) the guy said so you know what what you're gonna do when your GPS fails is you're going to reach into the cupboard and you're going to grab your backup GPS and turn that on. (laughs) And then when that fails, then you're going to go back in the cupboard and you're going to grab your other spare GPS and turn that on (laughs) and so forth and so on. And it was, it was something where he was trying to basically prove a point of celestial navigation is pretty much a hobby or something like that. I mean, it's fun. I enjoy doing it. I also don't have that many backup GPS's either, right? So I I know that I've I've come very close to having to actually use this to completely be my navigation to get back to yeah. land. Um, yeah. But I've I've never gotten that far. I've never needed mm-hmm. quite to get like that. But I lost pretty much almost lost complete use of the battery and electronic systems on this boat mm-hmm. uh, with I don't know seven eight thousand miles to go once okay. so.
0: I feel like there's happen. a certain level of security that you get from knowing that you're capable. Like you know, even if you have ten thousand backups, what if there is a situation where every single one Solar of them flare. fails?
1: Yeah, yeah, what and if the satellites fall out of the sky. <laughs> there
0: you go. What if the Russians get us? Well, then you're gonna
1: go in the <laughs> cover and get your fourth <laughs> GPS backup. <laughs>
0: I just I feel like there's something to be said, not only for the security of of knowing that you yourself are capable, but knowing that you put the time in in the environment that you're in with the lifestyle that you want to live like. Phil and I are very much, we're all in people and we don't like to cling to comfort. And that's something that cruising, it's, it's very divisive. You know, you can have these multimillion dollar yachts that are designed for comfort, or you can have these little rust buckets, you know, just floating around out there. And there's, there's more like the salt of the earth kind of people. And it seems like that's kind of the camp that we want to be in.
1: Hey, Hop on in, the water's warm,
0: <laughs> right? All around in that
1: camp now for <laughs> six years,
0: <laughs> it's pretty amazing.
1: Sometimes it's a little, sometimes I'm sort of like, What am I doing? Right? But there's other times, I mean, geez, even just last night, you know, I had cleaned the boat up during the day, everything's nice, and I'm sitting on the deck and watching, you know, the moon and all that, and mm-hmm. it's just like. Yeah, this is yeah. good. This yeah. is why I love it. <laughs> uh, any, any, um, I don't know. Any, any special events? Anything come up uh, during the trip that was a little crazy? Bringing down. Oh here? man, nothing.
0: Oh man, pretty uneventful. There, there were oh, every day was an event. We started the thing off by um, dropping our dog in the water. Uh, <laughs>
1: dropping it in. It didn't jump well, on its own. Well, she,
0: uh, it was a little bit of both. Uh,
1: <laughs> and here you go.
0: Right. Um, we hadn't quite set sail yet. We were at TJ's and a friend had come over to say goodbye. And Ada was so excited to see him. But we have trained her where there are thresholds. There's inside the boat, there's in the cockpit, there's on deck, and there's off the boat. And those are all things she's supposed to ask permission to go to the next level, mm-hmm. you know? And she saw him and forgot every rule in the book. <gasps> <Oof. laughs> and, and that day, it had been so stressful for everybody because we're, we're trying to go. And she had her sailing harness on and she sees him and she jumps and she's like in that airspace between the boat and the dock. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking... At all, and I had had enough of it, so I just grabbed that handle on the top of her harness and said no. And <laughs> I thought I'm pulling her back into the boat, when in reality all I did was like
1: pause, jump her, her yeah. jump
0: or stop her jump mid air, <laughs> and just plunk. yep, just right into the water. So we uh, we started with a splash, literally. <laughs> <laughs> we we got our life sling out. We used that for the first time, and and she did great on that. We pulled her back up, and well, that was like a
1: practice man overboard. Yeah, yeah, it was Dog totally overboard.
0: intentional. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Keep
1: saying it. You say it enough, oh, you'll yeah. believe it.
0: Oh yeah. Um, but no, that kind of set the mood for for the whole adventure, where like every day there would be some sort of new challenge that ended up being exciting in its own special way, and and we would get through it and realize that you know this is this is it we're learning like we're going out and and we're fighting and we're getting better and we're just becoming the sailors that that we are now and hope to continue becoming
1: it's it's so it's so cool to be able to sit down with with people in in your position and i only i only my brain is only thinking of this because when i was editing these these last two videos together I could see it in my eyes because I was on my first sort of solo month-long yeah. trip and okay. and I was I'm I'm sitting there looking at it just like, oh man I was so excited <laughs> look at me <laughs> holy cow and all this stuff and I'm staring at the screen but you know just hearing you explain this stuff I can I can see that same feeling that same excitement and oh yeah it's something where I I I wish it I wish I could be like that all the time but you just can't. I mean, it's it's not feasible to yeah. have that brand new, new exciting feeling mm-hmm. for, you know, 6, 10, 20 years right. on the same boat doing the same thing. It's impossible. Yeah. But
0: we are it's a good reminder, baby sailors in, in almost every sense. And one of the biggest ways that we've been able to tell that is like every time we go out, every time we're on the water and we see a fin pop up. We fangirl over the dolphins.
1: Get the camera, (laughs) Phil,
0: get the camera. Every time. And it'll be, you know, someone's at the helm and the other person is using the head or they're like taking their time alone or they're reading. And we will scream to each other. Like we'll yelp. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. There are dolphins. Go to port. Go to port. No, no, the other port.
1: (laughs) Wait till you start seeing whales.
0: Ooh, I'm so excited. That is on my bucket list. Oh, I'm sure I will. <gasps> yeah. I've always, even before we knew we were going to be on a sailboat, I have always wanted to be in the water, underwater, and hear whales sing. And now that I actually live a life where that's potentially something that's going to happen. Oh,
1: you can definitely hear him awesome. through the hall for sure.
0: Love it. Love Spooky,
1: it. Spooky, but it's cool.
0: In the best way. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: I have, I'll, I'll have to show you one clip. It's uh, just a real quick one after we're done, but I'm... It's in the middle of the night, up just past George's Bank off of Cape Mm -hmm. Cod, and there are whales right next to the boat, blowing their spouts. I can't see them, but they're literally five feet away, and it's like, poof.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: And I'm just like, holy fucking shit. (laughs) There's whales. Yes. Right next to me. (laughs) Sorry for the language. No, you can swear as much as you want.
0: (laughs) One of, well, hands down my favorite anchorage that we've been in was right off the ICW. I think it was Bulls Bay, um, and it's this nature preserve that has this um, massive, massive water bay that comes off of the ocean, and you can't get to it in a sailboat from the ocean. It's too shallow, mm-hmm. but it drops away into something called Five Fathom Creek, which looks like every other little water way on the icw where typically our boats can't reach there but it's it goes down to like 60 feet deep so we we went in there and anchored and throughout the evening as as the sun was setting we just hear these little blowholes and then oh, it, they the get more and more. Oh, coming in! Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we we found out that the bay that we had anchored in was the the sleeping grounds for the dolphins. And we would go out at night, and there wasn't a moon. There was no clouds. It was like totally dark. And every three to five seconds, you would hear little, pss, pss, <laughs> just all night.
1: It's <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Oh man, you'll. You, one of the things that. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to experience at some point is when you're offshore or even if you just go around Cape Cod, uh, mm-hmm. you'll get into parts of the ocean that have crazy phosphorescence. Ooh. And when the dolphins come at night, they are illuminated. You can totally see God, them. And they cool. leave a glowing green trail behind them. And they're zipping around. That, I mean, the first time you see that is that is sounds amazing, pretty incredible. So there's yeah. a lot of cool stuff to look forward yeah.
0: to. Well, shoot! I mean, I (laughs) I'm so new to cruising that I will wake Phil up in the middle of the night when uh, I had to wake up to go to the bathroom, and I'm flushing the head, and we're taking water from outside of the boat, and the tiny little bioluminescence is like little, you know, little glowing in the toilet. I'm like, oh my god, Phil, look, it's glowing.
1: (laughs) Uh, I can't wait to see Phil tonight, (laughs) (laughs) Phil man. (laughs) <laughs> uh, giving too funny. Well, I know Phil. Phil and I may end up doing another podcast because he gave me that uh, that book to read, and okay. I've only been able to start it. Which, so gotta... which
0: textbook did he give you?
1: Uh, no, he gave me. Um... <laughs> oh shoot! Hold on.
0: All right. This one is sensible cruising. Oh yeah, he loves that and one. He's like, it's my favorite. Okay, the so thorough I'm gonna, approach.
1: I'm gonna try to read it before I leave, and okay. then I can give it back to him because I I. Uh, I have a bad habit of giving away some of my favorite books. And sure. I used to have, I think, four of Bernard Mauticier's books, okay. all hardbound, all old. Uh, and I've, because I, you know, get so excited meeting people and they've never mm-hmm. read it. And I'll be like, oh, dude. Because I've read it, I've read all of them so many times. He was yeah. sort of a big, big uh, inspiration for me. Okay and so i just gave them away and i don't have i think i i don't have any of them on here anymore yeah (laughs) yeah we we "Ah." do the same
0: thing phil and i are huge book lovers and before we moved on board his office like one of the walls was just all bookshelves and we had hundreds and hundreds of books that we had to go through and either sell or you know they were just ones that we didn't feel right selling and we had to gift them to friends or people we knew who would love them and and we just continue doing that today we're like we we love books so much and that's kind of our i guess one of our love languages is if like we gift you a book to read it's because we think you're gonna love it and we want you to as much as we do
1: yeah 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 Uh, well and they are they're there's something i guess i i would call it like romantic about being in a bunk on a small sailboat out at sea with Mm -hmm. one of these little (laughs) teeny lights it'd be nice if this was halogen but it's just you know it's not efficient enough so it's led but you know it's there's something about that and and just having the feel of the book yeah i mean i'm terrible with books i won't do this to phil's book but i dog (laughs) ear and all that sort of stuff but i don't know i i just love it i love that that yeah. The image of it in my mind is mm-hmm. great. And and just having these books on these shelves and you've always got like the one that's crammed in there that you're oh, reading yeah. right now. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so last yeah. last uh question on the sailing front before we okay. get we move from water to fire. Ooh. If we have time. Oh. Uh if you have time, I should say. <laughs> I,
0: I've got no plans. Okay,
1: cool. <laughs> uh future like no, no holds barred, no boundaries, anything like that. What do you have? Do you have any, any sailing dreams, any sailing goals, places that you want to hit up yeah. something that's dragging you? That's like, Ooh, everything. Oh, that's a cop. Everything. Come I on. Know, there's, I know. There's, there's gotta okay, be something.
0: So we, we totally do. We've got all of these big, you know, shiny plans and dreams. Um, I, I really, I'm up for any of it. Like we, we want to do, we had planned on doing the Great Lakes this summer uh, because that's where our family's from. Mm -hmm. And that just life gets in the way. Um, that set us back. We're not going to do that this summer. We're going to hang out around the Outer Banks and Cal- or the North Carolina um, area. But then this winter, we're going to do our first like real Caribbean cruising. And from there, we'll probably try to do the Great Lakes. And then after that, it's it's everywhere. Like I want to cross and go to the med, I want to do the Indian Ocean. I, one of my big things is like I want to sail a fjord wherever that is. Yeah,
1: Phil was talking about that one.
0: Yeah, so we want to we want to go up and do that. We love the idea of like Iceland and and Australia has always tugged at my heartstrings. I need to go there, but then like I know Phil really wants to go to New Zealand and you know, it's just it's kind of an everywhere thing where I would be disappointed if we stopped now. Um, but if we keep going, I'm going to be happy with anything.
1: Yeah. If, if you would have said, if you'd included the South Pacific in there, you would have literally <laughs> rounded the globe like <laughs> right, full-on right? circumnavigation. Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think the Caribbean's probably the one of the best places to start the mm-hmm. adventure. Um, you know, the Bahamas are are definitely cool. Okay. But I, and I, I would never not refer to them as the real Caribbean, uh, cause they definitely are. It's the Caribbean. Okay. Um, uh, but the, the major island chains going from pretty much the Virgin islands all the way down. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always sort of thought about when I think about cruising the islands. Yeah. Just because they're, They're all within about a day's sail of each other. So if you do get in any sort of trouble, you can pop in. Because I I would typically go from uh, the British Virgin Islands and go down to like Dominica or go to St. Martin or go all the way down to St. Lucia. And Mm -hmm. that's the difference between a, a one or two night trip to like a four or five night trip. Okay. Um, but the cool thing is each one of those islands is a different country mm-hmm. checking in through customs the culture is different so you get this i don't know you get this experience and then you take off after 10 days two weeks and then you're in a whole new island with a whole new flair. Right. And this one was cactuses and and <laughs> lizards and then this next one is is jungle and waterfalls and I don't yeah. know. It, it's it's a real cool place. But I mean, you still have to be on your toes. You're still going to oh, screw sure. things up. I mean, I messed up left, right, and center. <laughs> and mostly on timing where you know, I remember pulling into St. Lucia in really rough conditions and I completely misjudged the current and I ended up almost getting to the coastline but on the southern end of the island and I needed to go to the northern end and okay. I ended up motoring until like four in the morning and then anchoring Ugh. in the dark, completely exhausted. <laughs> I lucked out on a lot of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, just not screwing up. Yeah. You know, anchoring in unknown areas at night. Yeah. Amongst other boats is always like a. It can be tricky. Yeah. Well, it's just something you want to avoid at all costs. Yeah. And, but those are sort of the things you, you pick up. And, and luckily in the Caribbean, there, there are enough other people there that you can soak up. So much knowledge from mm-hmm. all of them, and everybody's doing it. They're all having a blast, and you know the rum is just flowing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I'm just trying to feed the dream, make oh, sure yeah. you know. Oh yeah,
0: I think when we go down there, our our like main goal, um, obviously, we want to see everything. But we have been to Aruba. That's the only place in the Caribbean that I've been. Oh wow! And we okay. want to make Way it down, down there. there. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, it'll either be we're only going to be everywhere for a day or two and get all the way down there. Or we might just decide, you know, we're going to be in the Caribbean and instead of going North for hurricane season, we just might go South, South. Yeah. So We'll see.
1: Once you get pretty much Grenada and Mm -hmm. South, you're out of the belt. I mean, they get hit every once in a while, but it's, it's super, super rare. Yeah. And now these days with the forecasting that they do, it's, it's easy. I. I know. I shouldn't say it's easy, but you can. It's you have a way better chance of of setting sail and getting out of its way. Yeah. You know what I mean. So. Yep. Uh, well, that's cool. Well, I. I'm. I'm sure that we'll hopefully be able to stay in touch and everything. Yeah. Because I want to hear about you know where you guys end <laughs> up going and all that. And it's so funny because even just a little marina like this one, mm-hmm. you know, Pax and Amy. They're eventually going to try and get down there and and do the Caribbean. Okay. And it can be one of those things where I, next winter you can be saddling up in a bar on on Dominica and right. look over and Amy's there with bubbles and <laughs> you're like,
2: <laughs> oh holy my shit. gosh, <laughs>
0: holy cow!
1: And the world, the sailing community can be so small. So yeah. it's I. It's one of those things so you guys have um, the little boat card boat
0: cards. I Not actually yet. have them designed. I have just been dragging my feet, ordering them. No, so that's totally my fault. Okay. The big, deci- actually, you could have a vote on this. The deciding factor is we have our pictures on the backs. So we're like, people should probably remember our faces and you have to pick just the right picture. You know, (laughs) and we don't want to be too stiff. We don't want to be too casual. And right now we both have images of like ourselves enjoying the beach. So you're in your swimsuits and Phil it's, it's a picture from like chest up. So he, you see no clothes at all,
2: Here it at the is, nudist beaches. Right, it is beaches. what it is.
0: Uh, and, and I'm just like, d- you know, what if we meet someone who's, who's a more respectable individual? Do I, <laughs> do I really want to give them a completely nude image of my husband on the, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, w- I think, honestly, I think with a boat card, it's more about the boat and okay. less about you. So just, yeah. you know, throttle back a little. Okay. I would forego the pictures, or if you okay. do like a little headshot of you and yeah. Phil, tiny, just keep them tiny, okay. People, like, squinting at them. But it's all about just the boat, because the boat right. name and then your first names or whatever. Yeah,
0: and I've got it. So I, I designed, um, but do whatever you want. I'm gonna try and on, tell you <laughs> on our, our, you know, name on the transom. I designed or at least I took a font and, and redesigned it. So I have the exact image of what it looks like on our stern on the card itself Oh, very over cool. like a Navy background. Um, So it, it very much like it's recognizable. Nice. Yeah. Very cool.
1: <laughs> well, I would give you one of mine, but I don't have any. So Oof. here I am grilling you about it and I don't have any.
2: <laughs> For shame. But no, the only reason I said that
1: was uh, that I definitely the, um, when people give those to me, they go into a little thing right there. Mm-hmm. And I have every single one. And it's it's kind of cool because if you do, you know, if I was planning to head down to the islands, I'd probably do a quick little email and shout out to yeah. people I haven't talked to or seen in a long time and just say, hey, anybody down there? And right. Because it is always kind of fun catching up.
0: Yeah. So I've one thing that I will say I haven't used yet, but I'm super excited. I've started a Google Map. You know, you can pin things on Google Maps. Mm-hmm. I have a specific section that is Boating Buddies, where we've oh, gone cool. the different places, and whether someone's on a boat or someone's a local or just some random person that we've run into, they always seem to say, "When you're in this place, call me." And so I will pin those locations on the map of like this is where they said and put little notes in so like we've got um, a couple islands up near Rhode Island and the New York area that have little pins on them that says like a bottle of wine and a hot shower waiting for you call this person oh <laughs> that's
1: awesome yeah doc slip and... yeah oh that's very cool that's smart <laughs> see that's high tech right there though. Exactly. I like it it's revolutionizing it alright yeah. I'm gonna grab a beer
2: Okay.